Welcome to Chosen, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel podcast. I am the watcher of the show, leading my Slayer through her first ever viewing of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I can claim that I also own a BMW, like the watcher in this show, just saying. My name is Mel B, and I am joined by said Slayer, who will ride in my fancy schmancy BMW in 22 days, Marissa. Hi, Marissa. That is very exciting that I'm going to get to be in a BMW. With your watcher. (laughs) Exactly. So I can be just like Buffy. It's not a convertible. Oh. And I don't foresee us having a little sister in the back trying to change the radio. I I mean, hopefully not, but we shall see how it goes. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't have you, a little sister. You do. So. I don't think she's capable of changing radio channels yet. Oh, you don't know. <laughs> she could be. Well, I was more thinking, like, maybe your little sister will randomly appear. <laughs> yeah, and my parents will just act like she's always been there. Or something. <laughs> I'm still upset yeah. about it. You're, you're so salty. Dude, she... Mm, I have things to say. You have things to say. She, well, why don't she we... Just, she just appeared out of freaking nowhere and everyone's acting like she's been there the whole entire time. There's something strange going on here. I don't trust it. Why don't we dive in <laughs> and you can tell me all about your problems with Dawn. <sighs> Dawn. What kind of name is Dawn anyway? Anyway, yeah, let's, let's jump in here. <laughs> My first note is that this whole sister thing is super weird because it is. Makes no sense. So Mm -hmm. confused. If you insist. I do insist. Um, So it starts out with Buffy doing some meditation slash yoga stuff. Yeah, as with Giles, Giles is talking and saying a bunch of stuff, which I want Giles to be my guided meditation guide because his Just voice like his, is very yeah, calming. Say, so we, we need to get a recording of his voice for you. Pretty much. That's what we need to do. I did my first guided meditation like last Sunday and it was relaxing. Yeah, I meditation is super relaxing. That's something we can like do while you're here. Maybe meditate on the beach or something weird. Ooh. Sounds fancy. (laughs) Yeah, so um, there are crystals that they keep showing that are balanced while Buffy is balancing first uh, just upside down on this plank of wood or box of wood. And then she's balancing on one hand. And then someone goes and messes it up. Yep, Dawn knocks over the crystals. Yeah, because she's the worst. Um, she's in the credits, so I guess she'll be around for a while. Yep. Unfortunately. Um. You don't like her? I just, I'm confused as to why she's there. Okay. Randomly, and people acting like she's been there forever. Because she totally wasn't. You're like, she wasn't here, like, two episodes ago. She doesn't even go here. (laughs) is basically what I'm saying. Anyway, so we get her voiceover talking about how it's such a drag being the sister of a slayer because everyone thinks that she's just the best and no one pays attention to Dawn. 
Yeah, Dawn's like, I could save the world if I had a su- if I had superpowers. I'd even wear a cape and a mask so people wouldn't be able to find my family. Which is a good point. Yes. Everyone in like everyone knows who Buffy is. Yeah, it's kind of a problem. But she's even like all she all she can really do is backflips. It's not that cool. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, <laughs> backflips are pretty cool. Excuse you. Um, but yeah, there's this whole scene of them, of her and Joyce and Buffy making breakfast for themselves, and Dawn ends up using the last of the milk, and it's a total bummer. Yep. <laughs> Buffy's glare while she just sits there yes. and keeps eating. Yeah, but basically Joyce is like, oh, you need to take uh, your sister back to school shopping because I have to do this thing at the gallery. Which, totally forgot mm-hmm. that Joyce worked at a gallery, because we haven't had any references <laughs> to that in a while. But Buffy is like, well, I'm supposed to go to the magic shop with Giles to pick up some stuff for my new Slayer training. And Dawn's like, well, I'm not going to Hogwarts, so I don't need anything from there. And I was like, oh, well, that's kind of cool that she mentioned Hogwarts. Not You're like, you. okay, she gets a brownie point. <sighs> one brownie point. It goes away by the end of the episode, I'm pretty sure. But anyway. Um, so so they're having the whole discussion and she's totally not into taking Don with her, but she really doesn't have much of a choice. Riley comes over, um, tells Joyce that she looks nice. Buffy calls him a suck-up. He goes, well, I'm not going to come in here and say I'm here to violate your firstborn. <laughs> so, yeah, Yeah, I hear parents don't like that. I wouldn't think so. But um, he calls Dawn Kid. She hates being called Kid. Um, Riley was under the impression that him and Buffy were supposed to hang out because Buffy said, hey, let's hang tomorrow. But actually, that's not going to happen. Yeah, and he said, okay. So, you know, he thought that meant they had a plan. Yeah, usually, but Buffy's not really good at making plans. There are a lot of people in this episode in particular that are terrible at making plans. Yeah. As and during we'll this, yeah, during this, Dawn has her voiceover, and she's like, "They're so gross and spoochy. I bet they've had sex." <laughs> what? It's like, um, oh, sweetie. Yeah, but Riley has a better sense of humor than we've seen from him before. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the the initiative was really messing him up, and he's carefree now. It's very exciting. Seems like, yes. Yeah. And so, yes. And so we go to um, Giles driving around in his new car that he's very excited about, even though he tries to play it off like he's not. (laughs) Um, Giles doesn't seem to like Dawn all that much, to be honest with you. Yeah, she's, you know, not sitting in the seat. She's trying to adjust the radio, getting in the way. Exactly. Um, But Giles tries to make it seem like he's not into this new car and he's, buffy's well, like are you breaking up with your car he goes well it did seduce me <laughs> yeah he, he's struggling with this automatic transmission he feels like he's sitting there doing nothing um that's the best way to go about it i have never <laughs> driven a stick shift and i don't think i ever will i can drive one if need be but yeah I don't so if you need to it. steal a car that's a stick shift you'll be able to do it is what you're telling me yeah, I, I can I can manage. It's not the prettiest and most comfortable drive, but, you know, if there's an emergency, I can drive stick. Gotcha. Good to know. Uh, I can't, so we're stuck. 
the the thing I love is yeah she's like he's like it's seduced me and Buffy's like the tramp <laughs> and <laughs> you know he's, tramp. Yeah. he's pouting and everything and then they spot Tara and Willow's like oh they haven't seen my new car he wants to show it off he is a super cool watcher yeah and um Willow says some you have some pretty sweet wheels and Tara's like the rest of the car is good too <laughs> yeah she's so adorable I love them together, but um, Willow and Tara seem to really like Dawn. And apparently, Willow and Dawn play chess together or something. Well, I, I'm pretty sure Dawn says Willow's the coolest person she knows. Um, well, Willow is pretty cool, but she's super. Uh, Dawn is super into the fact that Tara and Willow do magic together, and Joyce doesn't want her hanging around with Tara and Willow, teaching her what they do when they're alone together <laughs> she's like yeah mom got i told mom i wanted them to teach me what they do alone together then she got really quiet and told me to go to my room <laughs> um i think she was thinking you wanted to learn other things other than magic but we'll we'll play past that at this yeah, point i do love that dawn's like slayer sorry witches are so much cooler than slayers in her head um i beg to differ but that's just me Anyway, um, so they were all go- they all were going to the magic shop because um, can we just quickly discuss no. Willow and her um, opinions on work ethic? Yes, she thinks work work ethic is really good, except when it takes Buffy away from doing drama class with her. That's right. She's just like <laughs> work ethic is for other people who aren't my best friend. Exactly. Um. I was like, Buffy's plenty dramatic. I don't think she needs to take any drama classes. But she was like, but Giles really needs me to, you know, do all this stuff for being a slayer. And she goes, to hell with Giles. He was like, (laughs) Willow, I'm right here. Yeah, he can hear you. Yeah. But, Um, so they go into Uncle Bob's magic cabinet. Yeah. And um, it looks fishy because the lights are off and looks like nobody's home. They go inside and things are knocked over, and there happens to be a dead person in there. So you know, um, doesn't Willow or Willow a terror trip over him? Willow does. Willow does. Yeah, it's the guy. Um, Mr. Uh, Tara Bogarty. said she knew his name. Yeah, that. Uh, I didn't write it down. But he had uh, marks on his neck as if he had gotten bit by a vampire, which he probably had, to be honest. Yeah, so Buffy very quickly marches uh, Dawn out out of the shop, much mm-hmm. to Dawn's uh, displeasure. Ch- chagrin, yeah. Chagrin. Yeah, she is not good at doing what she's told, kind of like Buffy, to be honest. <laughs> She tries to peek yeah. through the window, and then this crazy guy comes up to her and um, says that he's a cat. Yeah, he's quiet as a cat. No one will notice him. And then he, like, grabs her and is like, you don't belong here. And she tries to scream, and he puts his finger over her lips. And he's like, um, Miss Muppet eating her curds and whey or something. Mm-hmm. It was very strange. I didn't understand yeah. it. And it cuts off. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so, basically, Buffy's like, I need to investigate this and I need to get going and find out where these vampires are. 
And she's, I'm like, well, you're supposed to be, you know, taking your sister's school shopping, and apparently that's not going to happen anymore. Yeah. Tara comes out and checks on Dawn, and Tara's all like, um, you know, this is for the Scoobies, not non-Scoobies like us. And then it's like, what a thumb wrestle. And Dawn's like, okay. <laughs> thumb wrestling is a pretty good thing to do while you're waiting for an investigation to be underway. But I thought that Tara was, like, part of the Scoobies. Like, Willow tried to bring her in, and I thought that that was what was needed. But apparently not. Whatever. Apparently not. Yeah, so... Or at least she doesn't feel like a Scooby. Right, which we find out later, but I thought she was, but apparently there's more to it than just being brought in the one time. Yep. And being well, scared be- off by by Willow's ex-boyfriend, uh, who also happens to be a werewolf. <laughs> you know, so while the time. Scoobies are investigating, Giles discovers the, uh, the books for the magic shop, and the uh, profit margins are very large. The constant mm-hmm. death probably keeps the rent down it has good space square footage he's all about it i was like oh he's gonna buy this place and actually have a job again Hmm. and the final thing they realize is there's something missing from a cabinet it looks and dad's like oh must be something very valuable (laughs) yeah it's a uh crystal something something a unicorn uh, or something a ceramic unicorn imported from thailand it was sold for like well its price is like 14.99 and then jaws like so what kind of dark creature is into really cheap garish decoration well we find out who harmony's back in the story because we all missed harmony except not (laughs) at all actually not even a little bit you forgot Ugh. she existed. I hate her. She's just the worst. But yeah, so she's got she's got herself a bunch of minions that went in and broke into the magic shop and killed the proprietor and stole all these books about the Slayer, which we find out were the only ones missing from the magic shop. Yeah. Um, she sired a guy that had been in high school with her, Brad. Yeah. Yeah, Brad. Um, so we have a guy named Cyrus and a person named Peaches and Brad. And And Mort. And Mort. That's quite a variety of some names. Yeah. So, uh, the thing I love is, so Brad stole her the statue, and she goes, Mm -hmm. ah, I see you're finally making up for, uh, what is it, um, not taking me to the year 10 dance or something. Yeah, something like that. So, yeah, he's sucking up because she's his sire and he wants to, you know, make sure she doesn't, like, get rid of him. Um, and one of the guys is like, so when are we going to do it? And she gets all offended. He goes, the plan. <laughs> um, like, oh, I also right. Yeah, because she's like, ew, you're a minion and I barely know you. <laughs> the other thing I liked is that uh, while the... Um, vampires called Brad Slayer Whipped. I mean, Sire Whipped. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, the plan is to kill the Slayer. I was like, how do you plan to do that? Because I don't think that that's going to work out for you the way you think it's going to. Yep. We will see how she plans this. 
Oh, yeah. And we go back to Buffy's house, and Joyce is all mad that she didn't take Dawn school shopping like Joyce had asked her to do. And she's like, I really can't stay here and watch your sister because I have this thing at the gallery, and you can't just leave her alone. Dawn is under the impression that she doesn't need a babysitter. How yeah, old is she she's supposed like- to be? She's meant to be 14. I will tell you, did you find her really immature? Yeah. For a 14-year-old? The part oh, yeah. was orig- originally written for a 10- or 11-year-old. <gasps> okay. But they liked Michelle so much, they bought her in, but apparently didn't change any of the season five script. Lovely. That was a good decision. Way to go. Okay. I mean, that makes more sense, some of the things that she said and did. Anywho. Um... Basically, Buffy's like, I need to go out and investigate. I have to go out with Riley to patrol because stuff is afoot. And Dawn doesn't think she needs to be babysat, but Buffy's like, well, Xander can babysit. And suddenly Dawn is all about it. (laughs) I wouldn't trust Xander to babysit, first of all. But Dawn seems to have quite the crush on old Z. So she dresses up for him and does her makeup. Yeah, yeah she does. <laughs> um, really cute. Yeah, but he comes over with pizza because that's how you get kids to, you know, pay attention to you and to do what you say is to bring them pizza. Yeah. He's like, and food on round bread. I think this is going to take off one day. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think it's going to work out for you. Um, he's so she says that he's super smart and cute. And I was like, oh, I'll give her the cute part. <laughs> and he doesn't, and she's like, and he doesn't talk down to people. And at that moment, Anya comes in and she's like, hey, kiddo, I bought us board games. And she's like, even when he should. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, oh yeah, Anya's still in the picture. Team babysitting for the win. Yeah. And board Between games. the two of them, nothing will go wrong. Surely. Apparently not. Um, we have Tara and Willow unpacking boxes in what I can only assume is their off-campus house. Or at least a shared dorm room. Okay. I didn't pay that close of attention. But yeah. I, I so, think it's a dorm room because there's a sink and everything in there. Okay. Makes sense. But yeah. Um, Tara calls the Scoobies the Slayer Circle, which I enjoy. And she's just like, well, maybe Dawn feels like she's left out because she's not really part of the Scoobies, and that can be difficult. I know I know how that could feel. And Willow catches on eventually and is like, you're part of the Scoobies. I brought you in, so it's fine. And she goes, it doesn't matter whether or not you brought me in. It's that I don't feel like I belong there. And then we get because some cute cuddly got- action. Because <laughs> they all what? I was going to say... It's because they've got this super tight bond and she doesn't think she wants to break it or break into it. And um, Willow suggests, like, doing a little ceremony for her and she goes, maybe they'll actually be useful for Dawn. Yeah. She is very aware of what Dawn might be thinking and feeling, so that's good. Um, But we get Willow wrapping her arms around Tara from behind, which is super cute. And she's basically like, it'll all... It'll all work out. I want you to be part of the things that I'm a part of. No. It was cute. It's the first, like, real physical interaction between the two of them that we've seen. 
Yeah. Still not the kiss that I was hoping for, but, you know, I'll take what I can get at this point. Um, so we go to Buffy and Riley, and Buffy is just, like, ranting about Dawn. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's, like, she's always so sheltered, and Mom's always trying to protect her, but Mom never could protect me because I'm a slayer, and I gotta go out and do stuff. Hmm. Yep. Poor thing. And she's, like, Dawn's always been the baby, and she's always around, and she pretty much admits to being jealous that Dawn gets to be a kid. And she's like, now and then I want to curl up on mum's lap and her make everything better. Yeah, um, I did get the, I, that she was jealous of Dawn because Dawn actually got to be a kid and everything. But Buffy is, um, scared by a uh, trash can for no reason. She's (laughs) a bit jumpy. Yeah. Um, so they, they talked about how... It's always been this way with Dawn, and then lately things have been a little different. I'm like, she came out of nowhere. What are you talking about? <sighs> Very angry and upset. I don't get it. You don't there get has it? To, there has to be something that I'm missing, or that th- there ca- it, she can't just be her sister out of nowhere. There's no they way. Can't ju- they can't just wreck no. her in? No! Don't just okay. If you're gonna retcon, you need to give me more than oh, she's just always been there. We just never noticed. That's ridiculous. <laughs> They've never mentioned for a second that Buffy had a sister because it probably would have been easier for her to um, get through her parents' divorce without it really affecting her as much if she had a sister there to be supportive. But no, we just bring this girl out of freaking nowhere and you're like, oh, she's always been here. You just never noticed because we never, ever, ever, ever spoke of her. Ever. You done? I'm very, I'm very <laughs> angry. Yes, I'm done. For, for now. For, for once, Buffy made you angry while, by the sounds of it, Angel impressed you, from what I've heard so far. <laughs> Yeah, I just, you just can't, can't do it. Sorry, I'm very angry. <laughs> yes. I don't like retconning, especially something as huge as this. Yeah. So we go back to the Summers residence, and yes. um, I love that, so Dawn is pretty much having the exact same conversation with Xander, and Xander's like, your mum doesn't have favourites, but if you slip her a 10 or a 20 every so often... <laughs> It might help you out. Yeah, I'm like, but and where will Dawn get the money? Exactly. She'd have to borrow it from Buffy, and then there's the whole thing. Um, but yeah, basically, Dawn is jealous of Buffy in the complete opposite way that Dawn is jealous of her. But it's the same amount of, of jealousy, how Buff- yeah, I feel. How Buffy's jealous of Dawn. Yeah. I yeah. love that. Um, so she's there going, Xander sees me as I am, a real woman. And you look at her and she's got, like, ice cream all over her face. I mean, that's how I want to live my life, is having ice cream all over my face. But, you know, I got too adult at some point, too. So, I feel it. But Anya was under the impression that having a husband and children and a lot of money was a bad thing. Yeah, she's like, I have... I have all these children and a husband and all the more money than I know what to do with, and... Yeah, he's like. Then that means you're winning, and she goes, "Oh, can I trade these children in for more cash?" <laughs> uh, someone I don't want to be a mother anytime soon. No, um, you can't just sell your children. I think that's super illegal. Just saying. 
Might not want to do that. But yeah, so there's a hate crime involved. Someone throws a brick with a note on it through the window, and it says, come out and die. Yeah. Slayer, come out and die. Smiley, and there's a smiley face as the dot on the eye. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So... Harmony and her minions are out there, and they're telling Buffy to come out, that they know that she's there. I was like, she's not here, you nitwit. Uh, I love um, Xander answers the door, and she's like, what do you mean she's not here? I'm calling her out. <laughs> well, sorry that you called her out when she wasn't around to be called out. Um, <laughs> but basically, he calls them pathetic, uh, her and her minions pathetic. Why would anyone ever follow Harmony? Um, and basically she comes back with some insults about him from when he was in high school and how he was Dracula's pet for a little while. Yep, she's Um, right about that. Yeah, and Dawn's not having it. She will not let someone talk to her Xander that way. Yeah, and so she she says, why don't you come in here and say that? Whoops. You idiot. Ugh. I was so angry. You can't just say things like that. You need to be more careful. You gotta taunt in the correct way. Exactly. She have said, um, too bad you can't come in here and say that. That is exactly how she should have said it, but she let her emotions get the best of her. We've had that happen with women that love Xander before, so we understand. <laughs> um, so... Uh, she uh, Harmony can come in, but the others can't. Apparently, invites are very specific. If so, if just one yep. person is called out, then only that person can come in. Yep. So um, Xander sort of has a bit of a fight with her on the floor, not doing the best. Anya tries mm-hmm. to grab a lamp, and she's like, "I'm in a Slayer's house. Where's the stakes?" <laughs> um, but yeah, before she can drop the lamp on Harmony. Um, Harmony, who's monologuing, has said that she's been training and honing her instincts and she gets up and uh, attacks Anya. Luckily, Xander kicks her, literally kicks her out into her minions. Yep. And, yeah, slams the door. (laughs) Yeah, and he was like, I'm not sure that Buffy's going to find this very funny. But she finds it freaking hilarious. Yeah, she's like, her and Riley, she can't breathe, and Riley's standing next to her, chuckling away. Yeah, I was like, does he know who Harmony is? I can't remember if they've ever met. Um, no. No. I don't believe... Maybe it just came up in conversations about how... Yeah, yeah, maybe when they were talking about, like, Spike or something. Oh, yeah, he had this... he, He dated a girl that went to school with me. My God. <laughs> she was the worst. But yeah, um he's, he's the worst and he was dating the worst person. Yeah, pretty much. And then um they're like uh, Anya's like, "Well, the fact that she can come into your house whenever she wants because Don invited her in is probably a bad idea." And, and Buffy's Buffy mood is changes. not happy. Yeah. Yep. So she's going to go kill her sister. Basically, yep, that's what it comes down to. But yeah, so we go to uh, Harmony and her minions, and they're trying to come up with like a new idea. And she's like, "No, the plan is ruined." <laughs> yep. Um, 
basically, I was like, did she learn how to plan from Spike? Probably, because she's terrible at it. <laughs> and then Are who you turns Spike's up? Spike's bad at planning. Yes. We've discussed this on several different occasions, that he's terrible at planning things. But, speak of the devil, he turns up. And he's like, um, he talks to a couple of the minions, and he was like, let's just get this over with, because I'm going to beat you guys up, and it's going to be all good. <laughs> but then and Harmony's Harmony. like, hi, Spike. And it's that awkward seeing your ex again thing. Yeah, super awkward. Um, there was a, an ex- a gross exchange where she go. he says, you look good, and she goes, I feel good, and he goes, I remember. <laughs> oh, come on. Exactly. Gross. <laughs> anyway, um, so I love all the Britishisms from Spike all the time. Yeah, he's got a Clunky brand new telly. Exactly. And he calls people blokes and, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I like it. Um, Harmony goes through this whole big speech about how she had to be, like, stand up for herself and become, like, her own person and just be this whole big thing. And I was just like, you're boring me, sweetie. Get, get on. Get on yeah. with your point. She was boring Spike as well. And he goes, ah, so you're singing my tune now. I should be getting royalties. Ugh. Gross. But, but yeah, she's basically like... Uh, she's basically like, we have a plan to kill the Slayer. And he was like, yeah, that's pretty much everybody's plan is to kill the Slayer. Have you actually figured out how to do that instead of just luring one of her friends away so that she'll come and get them and then you try to ambush her, but she's got other friends with her, so that's not really going to work. <laughs> and she's like, my plan's way better than that. Um, yeah, and I'm not going to tell and, you yeah. what it is. He says, save the Slayer slaying for the professionals. And he also suggests that she's been reading Evil for Dummies. <laughs> yes. But as they are walking away from Spike, her and her minions are walking away, um, she's like, okay, we need to talk about this plan. <laughs> yeah. Hey, guys, new plan. But yeah, yeah, I love how she screamed. I think she screams at Spike like he, she's going to get back everyone who was mean to her. And he just like puts his hand up in a wave like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, so I was like, so everyone then, that's whom, who you're going to kill? Because everybody was mean to you. Because yep. you were the worst. So yeah, um, uh, they start talking, uh, it goes back to Buffy's house, and Buffy is talking to Riley and Willow? Is Tara there? No, 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 no. it's Riley and Xander. Tara and oh, Willow are not Xander. there, because, okay. yeah, one of them, I think it's Xander... I did write down um, suggests that they call Terra and Willow over to do the spell to stop oh, right, getting right. in like they did for Dracula last week. You know, right. this this yeah. spell has suddenly become super convenient since season two <laughs> when it was a huge thing. It's like Polydress right. Potion. Ex- yeah. See, I don't like retcons and that so automatically means I don't like Cursed Child, but we won't get into that. Anyway, um... <laughs> they're always like she grew up knowing that i was a slayer and she knew that you couldn't you know invite bloodsuckers in i was like she hasn't grown up there first of all so i can't really get that mad at her for inviting harmony in because she doesn't know because she didn't grow up here even though everyone seems to think that she did (sighs) see every time this gets brought up i'm just gonna be angry all over again it's no good i can't handle it i can't handle it mel (laughs) 
Anyway. <laughs> um, it's just, it just makes me angry. That's all. Um, and she was just, uh, Buffy was going off and off and off and just being so angry at Dawn and Dawn is listening in, obviously, because that's apparently what little sisters do. And yep. then she go, she walks away and Buffy like deflates and she's just like, she's going to get herself killed if she's not careful. And I can't yeah. be there to protect her all the time like I want to be able to, basically. Yep. But, of course, Dawn and hasn't heard that positive, like, that positive-ish bit. Yeah, she just walks away at the most inopportune time ever. <laughs> so, she goes downstairs and goes out the door to the kitchen. And Anya's like, no, 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 you can't leave. I'm not gonna let you because... I'll leave you alone once we get back inside, but you can't be out here. It's dangerous. And you know how yep. dangerous it is? Dawn gets herself kidnapped. Yep. Um, but then, they knock Anya out, and she luckily lands inside the door. Oh, that was very, very convenient. Yeah, they would have killed her otherwise. You know it. Oh, I know. They would have just taken her, even not just killed her right then, they would have taken her with them. Hmm. But yeah, um... Uh, Xander, Riley, and Buffy come downstairs. Riley and Xander are going to take uh, Anya to the hospital because she's got, like, a head injury. And Buffy's like, I have to go save Dawn. Because as Anya's trying to wake up from being concussed, she's muttering a bunch of stuff. And then she says, Dawn, they took Dawn. Yep. So Buffy has to go on rescue sister mission. Can I say, uh, so we go to Harmony's lair, the minions do actually have the right idea. How, mm. like, so their whole argument is Dawn doesn't actually need to be alive. Yeah. Buffy just needs to think she is. Mm-hmm. And Harmony's like, that's it. not the plan. <laughs> well, sometimes plans can change on short notice if it deems itself not effective to keep going the way you thought you were going to go. I'm just saying. Yep, but Harmony will not change the plan. Nope, she's not about it. But, um... Uh, we go to the crypt, and Spike is not having any luck with his TV because the satellite is no good. Yeah, and like hitting the top and all those things you do when you're frustrated. Yep, and then Buffy bursts in, and she punches him in the face, and she goes, you need to tell me where Harmony is. And he goes, I don't know where she is, and he, she punches him again. And he's like, I think they're out near this place, near the highway, I think it was. Yeah, and past the overpass or something. But uh, he actually first, like, she punches him a few times, and he's like, can you not hit me in the nose? <laughs> yeah, but punching Spike gets shit done, and then... After he tells her where they are, she punches him again. He was like, I was telling the truth. She goes, I know. <laughs> she just needed she's to, to hit get some sp- spike she's, punching in. <laughs> yeah, she, she's wanted to hit Spike for a long time. And this was her opportunity to do so. Yeah, she, so with maybe, the argument she had a reason to. Maybe, um, you know, it'll get out of her system and she can move on and do other things. Anyway, um... So we cut to Harmony complaining to Dawn about how people don't respect her as a person. They don't think that she can do anything right. Yep. 
was like, why are they suddenly kindred spirits? I don't like this. <laughs> and so the minions come in, they're like, we overruled you, we're going to eat the chick and kill you, not necessarily in that order. Yep. And she tries to pull guy- rank. Yeah, doesn't work. There are more of them than there are of her, basically, is what it comes down to. And so one of the guys goes up to Dawn, and she's like, if you touch me, my sister will kill you. And he, like, just pokes her. He goes, ha ha, nothing happened. And then, boom, he was dead. And Buffy's like, you can't say she didn't warn you. Yeah. Um, and Harmony tries to do the whole... So, Buffy, we finally meet. And she's like, we've met Harmony, you halfwit. And so she basically kicks the minions' asses and Harmony is like, girl, bye. I don't want to deal with this. Um, She has a little bit of a harder time killing Mort, but she eventually gets there. Uh, She uses a unicorn. Yeah, from like an old-style merry-go-round. Yeah. So I guess um, the whole unicorn thing came in handy. Who would have thought that would have happened? Um, so she goes to release Dawn, and she's like, I'm going to tell Mom all these things you did. And then Dawn's like, well, I'm going to tell Mom that you slayed in front of me. And she goes, I wouldn't have had to slay in front of you if you didn't in- first invite a vampire into our home and then leave when vampires <laughs> were after me. Hmm. So I was like, good point. You have a lot more on her than she has on you, to be honest. Yep. Um, But they get home, and Joyce is just walking in the front door when they come in the back door. And she's like, sorry it was so late. The thing at the gallery ran longer than I thought it was. And she asked how things went. And Buffy was a good big sister and was like, it was fine. Nothing really happened. Mm. She goes, goes, I found some vampires and... You know, Dawn stayed here. Yep. And Joyce is like, well, it's over somebody's bedtime. So as Dawn goes to bed, she's like, well, Buffy would have been more trouble than me anyway in her head. Yeah, I don't know about that. But we'll <laughs> never know because it doesn't come up. Um, so we get uh, the Scoobies in the magic shop and not not all the Scoobies, just, just Buffy and Giles are in there? Correct. Okay, and then, well, Dawn's there, but she's not a Scooby. Um, but she's like, are you sure you're going to be able to run a magic shop? And he was like, I was a librarian for three years, but now people are going to have to pay to take the stuff that they never going to return. <laughs> Good point, Giles. Yeah, and he's like, maybe there's something in the back for us to, uh, for you, for you, there is, maybe there is a place in the back for you to train. And she goes, you were really bored last year, weren't you? And he goes, I watched Passions with Spike. We must never speak of it. Yep. (laughs) And so basically, Buffy's like, Dawn, don't break anything. Don't touch anything. Sit right there like you're doing right now, not doing anything. (laughs) Yep. So Dawn keeps writing in her diary. Yeah. And basically says that Buffy has, or no one has any idea what she's actually about. What? I wish I had a stone cold gif of him saying what, because that's how I feel. (laughs) You feel like stone cold. I'm telling you, there's something weird about her. 
it's not just in my head. Something's weird. Something is wrong. So there's that. <laughs> so um, I will give you some fun facts that I found on the wiki. Oh, good. So orig- uh, David Fury, who wrote this episode was given a lot of freedom to develop Dawn as her background was completely unknown. So he's the Mm -hmm. one who set up all their relationships, decided, like, Willow's Dawn's favourite and all that. And although not all these ideas appeared in the final script, all of them have been infused into her character. Mm -hmm. Um, Michelle Trachenberg is the fastest guest star to become a uh, credited character having only guest starred in one episode, being Buffy versus Dracula. Yeah, for like two seconds. Um, this is also uh, when the main cast of Buffy is at its highest it ever will be, and it's higher than Angels as ever gets, with eight um, people on the main cast. Oh, so it's only downhill from here is what you're telling me? Oh, good. I'm not telling you who comes and goes. <laughs> I know you're not, but that means someone's going to leave, at least. At least one person is going to leave. And I can't see it being any of the Scoobies, so that means it's Riley. Or Anya. Anya's not a Scooby. Oh, uh, right. Dawn's Anya's not a Scooby. Uh, well, I don't... Uh, well, it depends on what the whole issue is with Dawn, if we find that out. Ever. Hmm. Hmm. I do yeah, hear so. references to Big Bad a lot. Because didn't Spike ask Harmony if she thinks she's the new Big Bad? Yeah, he did ask her that. Uh-huh. Seems suspicious. I think it's a swerve. Okay. Anyway, but that ju- just means, because you said that uh, this is the biggest the cast will ever be, it just makes it seem like it will dwindle at some point. But... We'll see, I guess. So, international titles. Mm-hmm. We have Jealousies, The True Self, Dear Sister of Mine, and My Real Me, which I just hope is like some really bad mistranslation. They want the same thing as the English and somehow screwed it up monumentally. <laughs> like, you know, you put it, you, you, you uh, translate it one way, then translate it back, and it's not what you started with. Yeah. Um, I don't like any of those, really. They're not really all that creative, so. So, uh, Jealousies was the French. The True Self was the Portuguese um, in Brazil. Dear Sister of Mine is the Germans. And Spanish in Latin America and Spain is My Real Me. Okay. Do you want to rate this? Um, I thought it was pretty good, aside from, you know, the entire Dawn hasn't actually been there, but everyone talking like she has been issue that came up several times and made me very angry. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, it was a good episode. Um, (laughs) I guess I'll give it an eight because I don't want to judge, judge it too harshly by the serious retcon that makes no freaking sense anyway. So yeah, we'll go with that. Okay. I also gave it a date. Okay. You're really not... Okay, well, I guess you already know what's going to happen with Dawn, but you didn't think it was weird 
when you originally saw the series that they just brought her little sister out of nowhere? Yeah, no, no. It was super weird. It was like, okay, we're doing this now, (laughs) I guess. Oh, um, I also have something to say, um, because I was told, and if I wanted to, I could look on Twitter, that some people out there might have a problem with the fact that I didn't like Restless, and I didn't appreciate all of the uh, symbolism and the, you know, foreshadowing slash metaphorical hoopla of the whole thing. First of all, I'm allowed to not like any episodes I I so choose to. I can have a wrong opinion, as Mel has told me on several occasions. And secondly, I'm sure once I know what all of the metaphors actually stand for, once I get through the series, if I go back and watch the episode, I will appreciate it more. But only knowing part of the all of the facts that are involved, I cannot like it as much as people seem to think that I should. And that is my stance, and I will stand by it. Yep. That's all and I'll just say remember, about it. Marissa is entitled to a wrong opinion. <laughs> yeah, you remind me of that all the time. A favorite moment? Um, I liked, I actually did like um, Harmony's speech to her minions. She had several of them, but... She was pretty good at talking to her minions. I think the original uh, speech was pretty good. I don't know. I hate her, but she's fun to watch fail. Mine is Buffy laughing about Harmony in the kitchen. It's also pretty good. (laughs) Laughter's always good. Your character (laughs) shout-out. Well, how else can you Um, treat that situation? uh, Yeah, it's, it's... freaking hilarious um i you know i really think that you're going to give it to dawn because you like to do things that will make me angry um but i think it's i'm gonna have to give it to buffy because she's had to deal with you know the sister out of freaking nowhere and then had to go and save her sister after her sister invited a vampire into their home so now that harmony can just come whenever she pleases never presume what I am going to do. (laughs) I'm actually giving it to Harmony. Hmm. Okay. Because she tried, goddammit. She tried. She tried to do a plan, but the only plans that she's been a part of were planned by Spike, and those never turn out well. So you can't really blame her for being terrible at it. she then stole Spike's bad idea. Who knows what her idea was? Maybe she had a really good plan, but for some reason thought it would be better to follow spikes which is never a good idea so good on her for trying yeah see that's why she needs a shout out she you never know what she could have planned she could have done it but no had to listen to spike the neutered vampire Ooh, burn um so our next episode is called the replacement um I originally thought doppelgangers, but I'm going to instead say that there is a demon that will mimic the like the look and the look of a 
person. So one or more of the Scoobies will fall victim to this and they're going to have to figure out which one's the real person and not just this imposter, as it were. Okay, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, shall we ch- change to a very, very dark tone for Angel? I think that we should. Okay, let's go. The tone has now changed. It's true. We're over here in um, Angel Land doing some things. Um, Yeah. So... Um yeah this is a a weird episode because it's a lot of flashback but then stuff in the flashback affects what's going on currently yep so i don't even remember did i even predict anything for this or i was was i just like no forget it i don't know what this is about Um, you did make a prediction more flashbacks of dala and angel in interceded with current day Cordin Wes doing research into and dot dot dot. Well, I was right about some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> there was flashbacks and modern day Cordy and Wesley were doing research. I will this give it to true. you. But that's about where that would <laughs> So they bring up this hotel. Yep. The Hyperion. And I don't know why I Hyperion. Okay. Hyperion Hotel. I felt like we had seen this hotel back in season one with Penn. No, we saw it last episode. Oh, did we? Yeah, Angel and, um, was her name Adriana or something? The mother? Uh, No idea. I kept calling her poor girl. I know we knew her name, but either way. Okay. Um, she, they popped up in there when, after they'd run Uh. through the sewers. Okay, that makes sense. So that's obviously what's given Angel the idea. Okay. But, so he's, um, so Angel's like, he's sitting with Cordelia and Wesley. Cordelia's being super domestic and made tea for Wesley and then put cinnamon in the blood for Angel. He thinks it's gone off and coagulated. (laughs) Yeah, well... Cinnamon might make it taste better. Who knows? You need some variety in your life, Angel. It's basically what it comes down to. Mm. So he's basically like, I need you guys to research everything that happened at the Hyperion Hotel from the time it opened to the time that it got shut down because something's going on. Yep. And they're like, oh, so what's the case? Like, what, what are they paying? And he's like, it's not a case. We're just doing this. They're like, oh, okay. Yep. Question mark. So, um, he goes to the hotel, and it changes into a flashback from the 50s. Yep. I was like, just some random flashbacks? Okay. Yep. So, the concierge, Ronald Meeks, gets Frank, the bellhop, to deliver the bill to room 217. And you also know they're dodgy, because there's a woman who they bring whiskey to or something. Some kind of flask. And he's like, tell her this one has to last her a week. Yeah, well, you do what you can to make sure your customers come back, I guess. Mm. But anyway, um, 
So he's like, I don't want to go to room 217. Or is it 217? Yeah. Yeah. He goes, I don't want to go to room 217 and drop off the bill because that guy, you look in his eyes and there's just nothing there. Yep. Gives him the heebie-jeebies and he's wondering that instead of a bill, can he give him an eviction notice? You can't evict someone for giving you the heebie-jeebies, we learn. Yep. It's probably good business practices, to be completely honest with you. I agree. Yeah. So the bellhop um, goes up to the room, and I think everybody should be delivered bills of any kind on a silver platter. Probably makes it a little more appetizing. I don't as it think were. it's going to make it feel any me feel any <laughs> better just because they give me my bills nicely. Okay. Well, that's just you. That's one person's opinion. Anyway, um, so he knocks on the door and like very very quietly. And he's like, well, I guess you're not here, so I'm just going to leave this on the floor. Bye. And the elevator wasn't working fast enough. <laughs> we see the door of the room open. And, and it's Angel. <laughs> yes. I was like, what is this nonsense? Hmm. Um, so... <sighs> is that when it goes to the credits? Probably. Yes. Yes. Um... So then we go back to the hotel in the 50s, and there's something on the television about, ha- are you now or have you ever been a communist? Yep. <laughs> what was that in reference to? So this was during the start, like 1952 was near the start of the Cold War. Okay. Um, I'm just trying to see if um, there's a- anything where is oh here it is this episode's title is based on the question posed during the trials held by the senate permanent subcommittee on investigations associated with joseph mccarthy the most famous question being are you now or have you ever been a member of the communist party footage from this okay. from one of these hearings features in the episode and themes now commonly associated with mccarthyism and the era such as paranoia and fear of the other are present in this episode Interesting. So there you yeah, go. I, well, I, I heard that and I was like, something about communism and the name of the episode. Uh, so I knew it was important. In here's, some way. here's another fun one for you. So the room number 217, same room yeah. number used in Stephen King's The Shining. People had a feeling that the room was bad, similar to what the bellboy feels about room 217 in this episode. Oh. Um, never seen or read The Shining, so I can't speak to anything. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. Okay. But I've heard that it's, um, spooky. Mm. So, yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, so there's stuff about communism, because, you know, that's always a good good thing to be a part of. Um, they were turning away a black family... At the desk, saying that they have no vacancies. You knew they had vacancies. Oh, yeah. They had tons of vacancies, but they just didn't want black people staying there. Mm. So, racism, but it was the 50s, so we kind of expected that. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. we, we move up to Angel's room, and he's at his door, and, you know, he sees two guys being affectionate. And when they spot him, they quickly shake hands in a very businesslike Yep. Um, so we get some some gay stuff, and then there's a guy that continually knocks on this door. Um, 
So we assume that he's there looking for somebody. Mm. Um, Angel goes into his room, then comes out to go get ice because he needs to keep his blood on ice. Yep. Because who wants warm blood? Is my question. Well, he. I wonder how he hates it. Maybe he has to heat it on a stove these days or something. Maybe. Um. Anyway, so he's out in the hallway getting ice, and there's this guy standing there, talking to nothing. But like whispering. Yep. It's very strange. And then he disappeared. And the guy that was knocking on the door comes back and starts knocking on the door across from Angel again. Yep. Angel returns to his room. Yeah. And a lady comes out of the bathroom, I believe, and goes, um, I'll be done in here in a minute, sir. I'm just getting finished cleaning up. And he goes, You're not a maid. And she says, what do you mean? He goes, you're not a maid at this hotel because um, you there is no cleaning cart outside. Those are dirty sheets and you're the wrong color. Yep. So 50s. Um, so. so she's basically like, my, je- my boyfriend is super jealous and if he finds out I'm in here, he's going to think some things and I can't. I can't have him find me. He's and, the one that's been knocking on my door. And Angel grabs her arm and is like, well, maybe you shouldn't have come in here. Yeah, maybe not. And then he won't um, think things. So, yep. And then the lock on Angel's door starts to turn because the guy's trying to pick the lock. Yep. And he goes ahead and hides her um, behind where the door would be if he opened the door. And he opens the door. And asks him what the guy is doing there. And he goes, I know you're hiding this girl in there. Uh, just let, just give her to me and there will be no trouble. And he just kind of stares at him and he goes, well, if you're not hiding anything, then you won't mind if I come in and search. And Angel starts to step back to let him in and then slams the door well, in his face. Well, you saw he brushed up his jacket and revealed he had a gun. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not scared of no guns. Yeah. But he was making a threat to Angel. Yes. Yep. So he hits him in the face and um, tosses him into the elevator. Oh, he says, I do mind yep. if you come in here and check. Yeah. And he go, He throws him in and the bell hops there. And he's like, he's going down. Yep. And he quickly presses the button. Yep. And Angel's the best even when he's the worst yeah well so it turns out judy's standing there and like wow and all this stuff and he just like walks straight past her and slams the door yeah and it's like you can go away now he helped you and now it's over so toodles yeah um so we see modern day angel standing outside the door apparently mm-hmm. you know reminiscing on that incident yeah. uh meanwhile um, oh, Go ahead. Meanwhile, Wesley and Cordelia are finding information that it closed in 1979 when uh, Ronald took a shotgun and killed every guest. That's the concierge. Yep. Yeah, a 12-gauge wake-up call. Yeah, that's that's no good. And it's been closed ever since. Yep, and they haven't been asked to sell it for the last 10 years. There's just something up with the property. Don't know what mm. it is yet. We'll find out, yeah. I'm sure. Um, so basically, Cordelia and Wesley are like, 
Is Angel come back for a second, or am I imagining that? I think I'm imagining it. They found a photo of Angel at the hotel behind some people. Right. Right, and they're basically like, we still don't know why he wants us to look up to this thing, but it has to be something to do with him. And I was like, if he wanted you guys to know, he would have told you. He obviously has a reason for you not to know. Yeah, you're like, don't ask questions. Yes, just do as you're told. But they don't often just do what they're told without asking some questions. So, yes, um, we do find out that vampires do, in fact, come up in photography. Yeah, but according to Cordelia, they do photograph, they just don't photograph well. (laughs) Turns out. Um, yep. So, I'm convinced that all vampires have a stage where they smoke, because we saw Angel smoking in this episode, and we know that Spike currently smokes. Um, there was some whispering going on in the hotel room, seemed sinister, and this guy was, this, we heard the whispering, and it was to this guy in one of the hotel rooms, and he was like, yes, that is what I'm gonna do, and has a gun. Yep. And he's listening and, to a very jaunty tune by, tune, by the way. Well, if I was listening to stuff like that, I would want to shoot myself. Because mm-hmm. it didn't seem that fun. So he puts a pillow up to his face and then shoots himself. Yep. And Angel hears the gunshot and just kind of sits there. Yep. He's like... Oh, just a random gunshot. Nothing to worry about. Probably nothing. It's fine. No, no. It's it's, it's like, huh, humans, I don't care. I'm not a human. I just live on my own. Exactly. Do my own thing. He's his own thing. Yeah. But, yeah, so it turned out to be quite the mess. The Consuela, the maid, found the guy in the room when she went in there to clean up, except that apparently she never touches anything. So... How is she a good maid? That's according to the bellhop. Anywho, yeah, the bellhop goes off on this huge tirade, and the concierge is hearing whispering about how if they call the cops that they'll close down the hotel, and they just can't have that happen. Yeah, it's the third suicide in three months. Yeah, it's kind of a problem. Um, So he's like, we can't call the cops, so just put this guy in the meat storage locker and it'll be just fine. Yep, we'll deal with it later. Yep. Ew. Um, yeah. And so it goes down to the lobby, and there are people talking about the fact that this guy committed suicide in his room, and then it pans down to this guy sitting in a chair, and the whispering telling him, you'll be next, do you really think you're safe here? Implying that it was a murder, not a suicide. Yeah. Scary. Yeah, and so um, we are outside and Judy is trying yes. to talk to Angel. And yes. Um, she said hello and said she just wanted to say hello. And then she goes off on this whole tirade about has he seen the play and at least it's air conditioned in there and cheaper than going to the movies and blah, blah, blah. And she was just like, you saved me and I needed to say thank you. And I was like, well, you said it. Now go away. <laughs> You're like so anti-duty. You're like, leave Angel alone. Let him be broody. Well, 
that's just what he wants to do. And I believe if you want to be broody, you should be allowed to brood in silence if you want to. Yeah, because he, he ignores her for a while, but then eventually starts to talk. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Um, yeah. She, and yeah. She's saying that she kind of wants to leave the Hyperion after the suicide. Um, and that the police are going to be coming. You know, if she has something to hide, maybe now's the time for him to leave. Yep. Um, and it goes back. They, they're eventually back at the hotel. And he goes into her room. And basically, it comes down to no one can prove what happened. They can't prove yep. it either way. So there would be no reason for them to pin it on her. As I think was his point. But she's yep. like, I'm not really worried about them pinning the murder on me. I've got other things. I've got other problems going yeah. on here. And he's like, well, like the PI looking for you? <laughs> yeah. And she was like, how did you know? He goes, there's no way that was your boyfriend. And so it turns out that Judy is mixed. Yep. Apparently her mother is african-american and she never knew her father but she looks very white she can pass for white yeah she's been turns out she, she got 12 yes and she got fired from her job at the bank because they found out that she was mixed hmm. and she was also engaged and then when she got fired i don't know if her fiance broke up with her because she got fired or because it came out that she was mixed yeah. It wasn't super clear. Yeah. But, but we can uh, assume either one of those things is a valid thing for him to use to get out of that relationship. <laughs> so and we she find goes, that. I was just so mad that I took a bunch of money. Yep. And then went, oops, and ran away. <laughs> and she goes, and I haven't spent any of it. It's all still here, but I'm on the run from the law. Uh and um, he broke up with her because she was uh, mixed. He found okay. out she was mixed as well. He didn't know the oh, boyfriend. Okay. All right. Um, but yeah, so she was like, the PI is looking for me because it's from my ex-employer because I stole this, a bunch of money. And um, basically it turned into a pure blood versus tainted blood scenario. Um, yep. when she was talking about her being mixed, um, and she goes, I don't belong anywhere. She goes, yeah, I don't, she... basically, I don't belong with the white people, I don't belong with the African-American people, I don't belong anywhere. Yeah. Because I'm not, I'm not enough of either of these things to be considered part of it. Hmm. She's never touched the money, and Angel tells her that the bank fired her because of unfound fear, and that's all. Blood is blood. And I'm like, you'd know. Mm -hmm. All blood's the same to him. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't care what color you are. As long as you've got red blood, it's all good. Yeah. But basically, she's like, there is one thing that I can claim to be, and that's a criminal. <laughs> hmm. um, I don't we'll know go if you want to go there, but that's fine. <laughs> We go back into modern times and Cordelia has found the news clipping about Judy. After she stole <laughs> the money, she checked into the Hyperion in 1952, uh, the same year Angel was there, obviously, and uh, was never seen again. 
Yeah. They assume that she's dead, but they cannot mm-hmm. prove it. Yep. So, um, Angel's going to help because that's what Angel, that's what Angel do. Even when basically. he doesn't want to be helpful. Yes. So, he, um, takes Judy and the suitcase full of money down into the basement of the hotel and he's like, we're going to hide this and you're going to go back up to your room so that you can't be connected if someone comes down here while I'm down here. Or whatever. So he hides it. Um, while hearing whispers. Yes. And he's like, there's something more going on here than we're aware of. Mm. Um, we go back briefly to... Um, modern times yep. and he goes in the basement and the money is all still there yep she finds suspicious you find it suspicious i think he found it suspicious too hindsight he started hearing the whispers well so, yeah hindsight being what it is um it was suspicious that the money was still there oh yeah because yeah, yeah, you like would have assumed she would have taken it with you yeah if you yeah left. sorry yeah yeah. Sorry. Now I'm, now I'm with you. Sorry. Okay. Um, and yeah. uh, it goes to Wesley and Cordelia, and Cordelia's like, it's this kind of demon, and this is what it feeds off of, and blah, blah, blah. And Wesley looks like he's so impressed that he might pass out, but then she pulls the phone out of uh, from behind her, and she goes, Angel wants to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> good one cordy but yeah it's uh, a thessalak demon or a paranoia Thessalac. demon which is easier to say okay. yeah well apparently there are a lot of paranoid people in this episode um i loved i just loved that cordelia passed it off as her own idea oh, yeah it was so good but in, anyway he's like yeah it's this paranoia paranoia demon and you need to come over here because we're yeah. going to draw it out yeah, so he says it's been there since before the Hyperion was built. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had asked Cordy and Wes to do this investigation to see if they could track its whereabouts, but he's now realised that it's still there, like it never left, and he wants to mm-hmm. raise the demon and kill it. Yes, and so Wesley is like, so I guess you're going to have you're, I'm going to have to do research on how to do that. She, he goes, no, I got it. Yeah, just c- get here, bring gun, and, uh, yeah, call gun to provide extra muscle. Yep. Um, we go back in time, and Angel is going to visit this guy, Denver, because he's got a bunch of books on subjects of demons and how to raise them and blah, blah, blah. The guy tries to pull some... Uh, you know, crap by tossing him a Bible so it burns him. Didn't know that that was a thing, but now we do. Um, so Denver's an idiot. He basically just tries to, like, call out Angel. He was like, don't come back here, you filthy whatever, and... Yeah, he's got a cross and a stake. Like, yeah, he goes, I'm gonna take out Alia, and then Angel grabs him from behind in a headlock, and he was like, you're going to do what I want you to do, or I'm going to murder you. I haven't opened a vein in a long time, but I'm sure I'll be able to figure it out. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, we go back quickly to um, 
we go quickly back to the hotel or are we still with Denver? No, we go back to the hotel and uh, Frank, the bellhop, tells the concierge that he has forced to, he was forced to cut the body up into pieces in order to fit it in the meat locker. Um, and meanwhile, in the reception, he made it fit. Meanwhile, in the reception area, there's these guests who we keep seeing, like discussing what's going on. They're now arguing and they're convinced that each other, like each of them is convinced that one of the others is responsible for the murder. Yeah, the actor is gay, and so they assumed that the guy that killed himself, quote-unquote killed himself, had seen what was going on. So obviously uh, the actor killed him to shut him up, Mm. and the girl had bought a gun for self-protection, but it could have easily been used to kill this guy for some reason or other. And someone used alliteration, and someone said, don't use alliteration on me. <laughs> I mean, I like alliteration. I will use it on everyone. Yeah. And we um, s- oh. I was going to say, no, we see ahead. Judy in her room, and she's starting to hear the whispers, and it's telling her she's going to prison. Yeah, I, I feel like I should know the voice, but I couldn't place it. And I didn't look up who did it, and I don't, I don't care at this point. <laughs> okay, I was about to say, but, I can look it up for you. Yeah. Uh, we go quickly back to Denver, and he goes, So, you must have been around my age when you got turned. And Angela goes, uh, Maybe. How old are you? He goes, Early 30s. And he goes, Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's super offended that someone is telling him that he looks like he's 30. Even though he'll be 30 for... He would, quote-unquote, look 30 for the rest of his life. But, Whatever. Uh, do you want to know who was the demon? He's been in a fair bit. Sure. Tony Amendolo. Wait a minute. The name doesn't ring a bell. Amendoloa. So he was in Annabelle as a priest, Don Luis in The Mask of Zorro, Stargate One. Uh, what else has he been in? That will know. Oh, he's been in the Once Upon a Time TV series. He's Giuseppe. Um, Marco, mm, the... Never watched it. Oh. Oh. Oh, what else? <laughs> the, like, it's he's been in so much. Important. Oh, sure. he's in Final Fantasy. There you go. Oh, 14. I never saw that either, so... <laughs> never saw any of those. Oh, Final Fantasy's video games. Oh, well, never played them either. Yeah, he does a lot of video game voices... Okay. He's been in CSI, he's been... I already said Ent- oh, it's probably where I know him from, because I like yeah. CSI. Yeah, NCIS, Any- The Mentalist. Okay. Wow. okay. CSI New Any York. Well, oh, damn. Oh, he did Dollhouse as well. Numbers. Terminator, this TV series, Dexter. God, he's done everything. <laughs> Dude. Anyway. Slow down. Anyway. Moving <laughs> Sorry. on. Okay. Um... So, um, basically, he's like, you need to give me all these books, you need to give him all these things for free, because I'm gonna go, you know, help out these humans. Which, Denver doesn't really understand, and Angel says, I don't really get it either, but I have to do what I have to do. Yeah. He he will take it all for free. (laughs) Yes. Um, we have a, we go quickly back to modern time with... Cordy, Wes, and Gunn walking in. Their walk-in was pretty cool. Uh, didn't we do the Hyperion first, briefly, with everybody accusing each other of the murder? 
and even the bellhop and concierge are involved. And then the detective walks in and shows them a photo of Judy. Oh. Yeah. Sure. And, yeah, Angel comes back to an empty lobby, and then we go to present time. Okay. Well, yeah. Th- that all happened, everyone. <laughs> um, so, I said they're just children, it's not a demon issue, and I don't know what that was referring oh, to. So, Gunn and Wesley are bit bickering, like, in a really petty way. Oh, okay. So, Angel's like, it's the Thuselak, it's fine. Like, ignore it. And Cordy's like, oh, no, they'll like that on the way over here. (laughs) (laughs) They're children. I couldn't get them to stop arguing all the way over here. (laughs) Because Gunn pulls out the uh, orb that Wesley needs. And he was like, you need to be really careful. Those are um, extremely, you know, fragile. And he just tosses it at him. (laughs) Um, And Wesley's like, Angel! (laughs) Like, Daddy, (laughs) fix it. Tell him to stop. Make him stop. Anyway, so we go back to old-timey, and all of the people are upstairs um, accusing um, Judy of murdering this dude, and they say that she's hiding things, obviously, so she could have done more. They just don't know about it yet. And then Angel's like, y'all need to stop picking on her. And she's like, it was him. He didn't even... He did it. Well, he hadn't said anything. He was walking towards her and she just goes, it's him. He's like a monster. He's got blood in his room. And like, you bitch. Yeah, and he's got like this bag of stuff, which includes an axe. Yeah, you know, a plain old axe. It's, It's just fine. It's all good. Sure, it'll be good. Um... So, the patrons of the hotel decide to hang him because that's reasonable. Yeah, so they're, like, beating him up and he's, like, just watching Judy as he starts to, like, go unconscious. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they drag him over to the railing above the lobby and they hang him right there in front of everybody for funsies. Um, yeah, but as soon as, like, he he's over there, everyone just sort of sobers up real fast. Except for the bellhop. Yeah, he's, like, he so was all about it. It's gross. <laughs> yeah, so everybody kind of disperses, and once everybody is gone, Angel releases himself, hmm. and he was pissed. Yep, and the Thuselac so, appears to him. Thuselac, um... It does appear, and it's basically like, you put hope for humanity back in that girl, and that's going to make her paranoia or something so much more delicious. Yep, and he's going on about how um, this is so great, and he asks Angel, do you want to stick around and like help me out kind of thing? Yeah, he was talking all kinds of crap to Angel, squid dude demon, mm. and he was just like, have a have Adam. Yeah, I don't like, care. Yeah, he's like, you know, there's a lot of guests here who could use your help. And yeah, he's just like, have him and walks out. I was like, he just let it happen? Yep. So in modern times, they, uh, what is the technical term? They don't summon the demon. They um, raise the raise demon. Raise the demon. And yes. yeah. The Thistle is so happy to see Angel. He's like, oh, you bought me more food. 
Yeah, and he says that Wesley is more paranoid than the rest of them. Yeah, the most paranoid and insecure. And Wes is like, what does he mean by that? <laughs> he is super concerned about it and super paranoid about it for the rest of the episode. Mm. Um, all things considered, it was pretty simple to destroy him. Yeah. They uh, electrocuted him. Yeah, but um, just before the fight comes... He, Angel has this like, like, your last meal was a long time ago. And then the demon goes, ah, but paranoia is like fine wine. It, it's better with age. And that's when I think Angel really realized what was going on. Yeah, he was like, it's he's still feeding off of things here. Mm. And so they electrocute him. Yep. And then Angel goes upstairs. Well, Wesley sits there Wes- paranoid. <laughs> yes, while Wesley asks if anybody thinks he's overly paranoid or especially paranoid um so angel goes up to room 214 yep 214 214 and almost like 314 um and he goes in and judy is still there yep so she's been there the entire time yep and the thusalak's been feeding on her and he's kept her safe from the outside world Mm -hmm. And she goes, you're here, but it was my fault that you died. She says, you look the same. Mm. He says, I'm not. Yeah. She starts apologizing for having him killed. And he's like, it's it's not a big deal. It's really okay. And she's like, do I get to leave now? Mm. And I was like, oh, she gets to go outside for the first time in very, very many years. Yep, so Angel helps her get up. And she says, I need to rest for a while. Yeah. So she lays down and she goes, I'm just going to rest for a minute. But she goes, but I am sorry about what happened to you. And he says, it's okay, I forgive you. Mm. And she repeats that she's going to rest for a minute. And then she dies. Yep. Tell me you teared up a little. It was very sad. I, I teared up, almost cried. Well, you're very, you're much more emotional than I am. <laughs> so, yeah, it was super sad that she's never going to get to see the outside world in person again. Mm, she's been there for 50 years, just sitting there. It's super depressing. Mm. But, um, as Angel's coming back down, uh, Wes is still going on and on about being paranoid and... <laughs> The look that Cordelia and Gunn share is the most adorable thing I think I've seen in a really long time. Mm. <laughs> They're both like, we're so over this. This is ridiculous. Yep. And Cordelia's <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to be so glad to get out of here. And Angel's like, uh, we're actually moving in. She's like, throw pillows will work wonders. It'll <laughs> be just fine. Yep. And Wesley's like, I don't think we should do this because there's a lot of bad juju here. And he goes, not anymore. It's all fine. He goes, can I just ask you something? And Angel's like, sure. And Wesley's like, do you think I'm especially paranoid? Hmm. And he goes, not especially. He goes, good, because I was worried about it. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, So, yeah. 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 So, some uh, fun little notes on production. The writer, Tim Minya... Um, wanted to explore Angel's background, and he says, so he's cynical in an I-don't-get-involved kind of way, and he 
the writer thought that would be a really interesting place to be with Angel at that time. And um, although he doesn't really end up helping people, it, sorry, he does help start helping people at this stage in his life, it really doesn't take much for him to be pushed back into not caring and like, uh, this isn't my job. Um, mm-hmm. People point out that back in uh, the Buffy episode, Becoming, he was living on the streets in the 1990s, to which Tim Menia says, well, I don't believe that he was thrown out of the room in Romania in, 19- in 1898 and then lived on the streets for a hundred years. Uh, but See, that- timelines are confusing. Yeah. Well, it's he, he had a hundred years of just wandering around. But they do say that the 1950s is what began the descent that led to him having to live on the streets. Okay. Like, what was he doing job-wise that he could afford to stay in a hotel? Is my question. Probably probably pulling a spike. <laughs> probably. Mugging people. I'll just... Yeah, mugging people and, like, uh, blackmailing people, probably. Mm. Um... So the first, if you look closely, the article about Judy, the first paragraph is about Judy, and the rest of the article contains generic sentences with no specific, not specific to anything, and they just repeat. (laughs) That's funny. Um, So, according to Tim Minia, he, the writer of the episode, he gets asked what did Angel do with all the money that was stolen, and Minia says, as far as he's concerned, Angel did not keep the money or use it to buy the hotel. Instead, Angel sent it back to the bank in Kansas from which Judy stole it from. That's kind of lame. Yeah, I was kind of, I always kind of assumed he, um, he used it to buy the hotel. <sighs> well, guess not. So, our international titles. Mm-hmm. The Hotel of Evil. And the Hotel Hyperion. Really giving it away, aren't you guys? (laughs) Let's see. Hotel Evil. Is that the Germans? No, that's the French. They're Hotel Hyperion. Lame. Okay. What did you rate this episode? It's a really good episode. Um, It got an eight and a half because we did find out some more of Angel's backstory, and that helps develop him as an overall character some more. Oh my god, we we, we, uh, got the same rating again. Really? Cool. Favorite moment? Um, I think my favorite moment is the last scene between Judy and Angel. It kind of brings a close to the whole thing, and it's very sweet, that she feels bad that she had all that she made all this stuff happen to Angel, and then he's like, "It's okay, I forgive you." Yeah, um, that's my favorite scene as well. Nice. It's just so beautiful. And you cried because you're a big sap. I didn't cry. I teared up. There was no sobbing. I have sobbed in TV episodes, <laughs> like Doctor Who. Oh. You, you, uh-huh. I was watching the 50 year anniversary and oh. I was bawling. There was snot involved. My face was all red. Snot. <laughs> I remember sobbing uncontrollably the last episode of Boy Meets World. 
because that was like my childhood. I also cried at the end of the last Harry Potter movie, not gonna lie to you. <laughs> but yeah, I, I did cry at the last uh, Boy Meets World episode because the whole time, I'm sorry for this, anybody that never watched the series, um, Mr. Feeney went through his whole academic career with these kids saying, there's a line between a teacher and a student that should never be crossed. And he was like, one of the kids was like, just tell us you love us. You haven't spoken to another student in about seven years, so we know how you feel. And he says goodbye to all of them and doesn't say he loves them to anybody, but when they're all gone from the room, he looks at the um, empty classroom and says, I love you all. Class dismissed. And I'm just sobbing, and I... It was very sad. Yeah, I cry in Lord of the Rings... Uh, at least twice every season of Doctor Who. Like, if, if Doctor Who doesn't make me cry, it's a failure. <laughs> I have, I still haven't finished watching the last, um, well, I haven't even started the last uh, Lord of the Rings movie. <gasps> you should do that. I've got the extended edition here. Oh, boy. Unless you don't want to. <laughs> we can discuss Well, that. no, I do. Um, I just... It is like four I hours. I watched... I had watched the first two with the guy I was dating, and then I was going to save the last one for when he came out to visit, but then I broke up with him before he came to visit, so... Were you watching theatrical or extended? It was whatever was on Hulu. Ah, uh, that'll be theatrical. Anyway, we are no. so off topic. <laughs> Character shout-out. Um, it's going to go to... Well, I'm actually going to give it to poor Wesley, because he was told that he was more paranoid than, you know, everybody else. <laughs> and he also almost got tricked um, by Cordelia into thinking that she actually figured out what the demon was before he did. He had a lot going on. People making fun of him, uh, demons making fun of him, the whole thing. Gun was picking on him. <laughs> exactly. Gun threw the orb and could have destroyed it and it would have made everything much worse. <laughs> But anyway, um, mine goes to Judy. She was I there for 50 years. I almost did Judy, but I was like, no, I'm going to give it to Wesley. Poor Wesley. Poor Wesley. <laughs> I think that's like he almost his name, Paul Wesley. Not just Wesley, Paul Wesley. It's like he's like the Neville. Poor Neville, poor Wesley. It happens mm. to both of them. Sad. Um, so... We have our next episode, First Impressions. Oh, First Impressions. Okay. Um, I don't want us to be having more flashbacks, but that's almost what it feels like. Um, because I don't think we're going to randomly have, like, a new character just come in and we're just going to learn all about them. Um... So maybe, like, I'm skeptical to, like, say that David is going to be back in the story because we have no indication that he's needed mm -hmm. by AI. Because I thought maybe we would see him along with Gunn, but we've seen Gunn a bit and nothing from David so far. Yeah. So, okay. I'm just going to go with first impressions. Um... I think might get some backstory on Gun 
and like more of a fleshed out thing about how he came to be what he is to the because he's a leader of like a you know not even sure what you would call them they're not a tribe a gang okay <laughs> maybe we'll find out how he got involved in this gang and how he came to like what the initial forming of this gang looked like and that's all i got Okay. How uh, he became part of the gang and formed them. Okay. Just think we'll get more about him because we know like some things like he had to kill his sister and all that, but we don't know like how this gang formed in the first place and why they deemed it necessary that they exist. So Yeah. Yeah, I think we'll get more about that, hopefully. Cool. Well, We'll have to wait till next week to see. In the meantime, if people want to contact us, they can email us, mmpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Visit our website, mmpodcastnetwork.com, where you can leave comments, um, send us emails, do all that kind of fun stuff, and find our other podcasts. If you want to tweet or us, we are at MMP Network. We are also on Facebook, MM Podcast Network. If you want to tweet me personally, I'm at Mel Bickett, B-I-C-K-E-T. Marissa, where can people find you? The people can tweet me at RissaRoo312. If they want to follow me on Instagram, I'm also over there at the same uh, handle. And I'd also like people to uh, rate and review us on iTunes so that more people can find us. Um, hopefully you like us being a Buffy podcast and don't have complaints about us not being some other type of podcast. But whatever. Um, leave us a rating and review so that more people can find us. And until next time, we will slay you later, guys.